welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today, we are going to be finishing up this little series that I've had on how to step away from tracking macros. So step one was finding maintenance. You can, a great tool that you can use is macro factor. Now, I actually have been talking about them so much that my editor for my podcast was like, hey, Lindsay, maybe you should get an affiliate code and see if you can get a discount for your listeners with Macrofactor. So I reached out to them and they did give me a discount code. So the discount code is Lifting Lindsay, just to make it easy for you all or for me, because I have a grandma brain and I can't remember things very well. So whenever I reach out to companies for like, hey, can I uh, get a discount for my listeners or whatnot? I'm always like lifting Lindsay. The code has to be lifting Lindsay because if it's not that, I will forget it. So Macro Factor is a great tool to help you find your maintenance. And it really is only like $12 a month. It is well worth it to utilize that tool. It's really cool how responsive it is. Even um, if you track a little or a lot, like it's still very responsive. So use that tool to find your maintenance. Step two is create habits. Make sure you go back and listen to all these guys because I have PDFs um, of like meals and I have PDFs of scales and everything because in step three, we talk about hunger and fullness scale and how to uh, start being more present and aware of the cues that your body is giving you. I said this before that oftentimes um, in, it's not that our body at maintenance isn't giving us you know, cues as far as, okay, I'm hungry, I'm full. But if we've been fixating on numbers for so long, we've been ignoring these cues. And so it's really, really important that we learn those cues again. So I have a, a PDF that you can download on that episode and it shows you the scale that I'm referencing on that episode. So make sure you check that out. Step four, I taught you the pause to, if you're going to eat, to pause first and really ask yourself, am I physically hungry or am I emotionally hungry? Does my body need this or am I trying to fill some kind of emotional void? Please go back and listen to that one. I think that that's really important to learn that pause. Also, I think it's important that we learn to teach these things to our children as well. So I'm not saying that we can't utilize like treats, like, oh, somebody did really well. Let's go and celebrate with ice cream. But we can start noticing these patterns that we're teaching our children every single time they're sad. If we are like, well, let's just give them a donut. That'll make them happy. What do you think that they're going to do as they get older? They will continue to avoid dealing with emotions and they will look for other things to make them feel good in the moment. And that's not the emotional resilience and the emotional awareness that we want to teach our children. 
And it's certainly something that into adulthood, we don't want to learn these avoidance tactics. And, and we talked a little bit about how emotional eating is avoiding. It's avoiding real healing and real solutions to your emotional problems. And so go back, please, and listen to that one. I, it's probably of every uh, episode in this series, that one is probably my favorite one. So step number five now is awesome. You have all of these tools under your belt. Um, And now we want to slowly step away from uh, using your tracker so much to record, you know, your calories and your protein and such. But you don't have to just go cold turkey. You can really start slowly and really start gaining trust in yourself as you're using these other tools. So if you just want to pick one to two days a week that you first just kind of let go of, make sure you keep the routines of your food, make sure that you're journaling and you're aware of your hunger, of your fullness levels, make sure you're pausing and asking yourself these questions of, am I physically hungry? Is it time to eat or am I emotionally hungry? Also, the pause is really good to help you pause and be like, do I really need to eat or did I eat an hour ago? And I didn't have a nutrient-dense balanced meal that left me full and satisfied. So a lot of times women in their attempt to stay just their smallest version of themselves, their skinniest version, they'll just kind of eat like a bird. And the problem is if you're not eating enough and you're not getting a well-balanced meal, and if you're not getting enough fiber, then an hour later, you're just going to be starving. Or maybe you just pecked at little things like a bird and, and you just like grabbed some chips or just grabbed um, some candy from like, <laughs> I don't know, your kid laid it, left it laying about and you just grabbed that. And so you will get this like spike in your blood sugar levels, which there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. But sometimes when we come crashing down because we didn't eat it with fats and with protein and fiber, that's actually what I'm most worried about is the crashes that we get when we just like decide to sit and snack on a bunch of carbs. It's not that that in and of itself will make you fat. It's not. That in and of itself will not have you gain weight. It's not. If anybody tells you that, they're lying and they don't know what they're talking about clearly because that's not how the body works. It's an accumulation of habits and nutrition over time that has us gain weight, not because you sat down and spiked your blood sugar, because spiking your blood sugar is a totally natural and normal response within the body. As far as like blood sugar is spiked, then a release of insulin to help balance this out, right? And to drive those carbs really into places of either muscle or fat storage. But you it will only drive it in there if you're in a calorie surplus, okay? Because the body is actually in a constant state. People talk about this all the time with protein. 
that the body is in this constant state of, you know, breaking down and repairing. And that's why we need to have so much protein is because it's constantly going back between an uh, anabolic or building and a catabolic taking down like the, these proteins within our body. And we want to be in a protein positive state. Few people actually ever talk about the same kind of cycle that goes on in our body, but it's with energy and, and um, fat loss. And so the body is in this constant state of going back and forth between utilizing fat storage or not needing it. And it kind of goes back and forth. And the my point being, the end of the day, if you are in a protein positive state, then we can build muscle and we can repair. Likewise, at the end of the day, it's going to be, are you in an overall calorie deficit? Then you will be in this more heightened fat loss um, cycling. It's an accumulation of days like that that lead to fat loss. So just like how not just one, you know, serving a protein in a day is going to ensure that you're building or repairing or maintaining your muscle. It's the same way with not one meal uh, that spikes your blood sugar is going to put you into, at the end of the day, a surplus. It's not just that one meal. It's an accumulation of all things that you've eaten. Okay? Because the body is actually fluctuating back and forth between utilizing the energy, releasing energy, putting it into the bloodstream, utilizing it, and going between that and storage. So I feel like that is really important to understand because it can help us let go of that one meal that spiked our blood sugar. It doesn't mean anything for you unless you are diabetic um, or pre-diabetic. Otherwise, it doesn't mean anything for anybody else. But the crash that you can experience afterwards as far as energy levels, that doesn't feel too good. And so it is much better to pause, ask yourself, okay, am I really hungry? Did I just make a bad decision for my last meal? And be flexible and okay, then what should this meal look like? And take it meal by meal but pause and ask yourself, am I really hungry? How have my meals been up to so far? Am I keeping my my routine of healthy meals? Are my meals um, large enough? You know, like I said, if you're eating like a bird and an hour later you're hungry again, you actually shouldn't be hungry an hour later. It usually takes two to three hours for that process. So if you're hungry an hour later, that's a really good indication that your meals aren't big enough and that you're trying to do that whole thing of eating like a bird because in essence, you're scared of food. So mindful eating is just this awareness of habits, nutrition, feelings, coming to uh, terms once again with hunger, fullness and making wise decisions throughout the day without feeling a need 
to record everything in my fitness pal or whatever tracker. Now, initially, I've ex- I've explained this in prior episodes. Initially, you will need to journal as you begin to dive into mindful eating and learn to trust yourself. So a lot of women are not going to go into this cold turkey. They're not just going to be like, okay, go from tracking to no tracking. I mean, a lot of women do, but because they don't have these tools, they usually go back to their prior habits that got them into needing fat loss in the first place. And they're right back to where they started. So that's why I really wanted to to break this down into a series to really help educate you on how you know, we need to be at maintenance. We need to have routines. We need to start becoming in tune again with hunger, fullness, satisfaction. We need to pause and ask ourselves, am I eating enough? Am I still fearing food? Um, journaling, um, asking yourself, am I physically hungry or emotionally hungry? And if you are emotionally hungry, the physical food will not fill that void. You have to, um, the solution to emotional eating is emotional solutions. You have to look for more emotional solutions, not food. Now, when you start, like I said, you can start slowly. So you can just choose maybe one day during the week and one day during the weekend. And the reason why I say that is because most people have habits and routines during the week. And it's usually the weekend that they're like, oh, I'll take the whole weekend off. But the weekends are usually when we go away from our habits and routines. It's when we have the parties, when we have the holiday and the vacations and the eating out and the date nights. It's usually on the weekends. So choosing one day a week to practice these tools plus one day a week end to practice these same tools is going to be so beneficial for you. And then as you begin to gain confidence, as you begin to become more aware and in tune of your emotions, of your physical responses and needs, then we can start including more days. You know, after one to two months, you should be mindfully eating again. So here's some things that I really like when I go out to eat or when I go on vacation. So I mindfully eat. I'll go and I will order exactly what I want, but I will respect my body. So I will order, I love fettuccine Alfredo. I love hamburgers and fries. I love pizza. I am not a, I'm going to have a salad person when I go out. I just am not. Like if I'm going out, I'm, I want to eat like a fun meal, but I also want to respect my body. And it's so fascinating because I'm not in a restrictive mindset because I am going into the weekend or going into this vacation or going into you know this date night with my husband more with a, I'm going to respect my body, but I'm also going to honor my own wants. It actually allows this freedom where I can eat and enjoy, but not have to finish the entire plate. 
I, I don't know where everybody lives. I am here in America and our serving sizes are embarrassingly large. Like sometimes I'll get a serving of um, like pasta. Like I could feed an entire family with this. Okay, maybe not an entire family, but me and Alex could easily split this. And that's actually one thing that we do a lot when we go on date nights is we get what we want, but we split it. And so we'll share. Um, Or I could easily like split it with two of my children. The serving sizes are so huge. And so I'm going to honor what I what I want and what I'm going to enjoy in that moment, but I'm also going to honor my body and what it's telling me. And so as I start approaching pleasantly full, it's really nice to be able to push my plate away and be like, you know, I'm done. I tried it. It was amazing. I loved every single bite. If I continue eating, I'm going to be uncomfortable. And that's not me honoring my body. That's just kind of pushing into more of like a glutinous, glutinous, <laughs> a gluttonous, a gluttonous attitude that I am not a huge fan of. I really want to respect and take care of my body. And it's coming from a place of respect, not a place of restriction, not a place of I have to stay as little, as tiny, as skinny as possible. It's a place of respect. And so one, is based off of fear, fear of the consequence. And the other is based off of love, love of self, love of my body, love of respecting its needs and its wants and not um, being gluttonous and pretty soon like feeling so full that I can barely move and I feel uncomfortable, right? So learning that sweet spot is really important. Staying between a three hunger and like a seven full is just perfect. So going, this is actually going to be a shorter episode, but I just kind of want to step back in and just encourage you choose one day during the week, one day during the weekend. And then as you become more self-aware, more mindful, are moving away from like a restrictive, but a more of an honoring yourself your hunger, your fullness, um, those cues, then you can start adding in more days and you'll gain confidence. And after a month or two, you should be eating mindfully and being very aware of your body. Now, I do want to end by reminding you that these are new tools for a lot of people. Um, This is scary for a lot of people who have been leaning too heavily on numbers and on tracking. And you have to give yourself time. You have to give yourself time and be patient with yourself and have grace for yourself as you are working through slowly incorporating these habits, these routines, uh, being self-aware. You have to give yourself time and grace. Another reminder that journaling is going to be key. Don't think for a second that you're above journaling. Your journaling will heighten your self-awareness in a way that if you've never journaled before, 
then you've never experienced this before. There is a reason why those who journal daily have greater self-awareness. And that is a gift to yourself for the rest of your life, just being aware of your emotions, your emotional needs and your physical needs and just to help you grow into the best version of yourself. So I strongly encourage each one of you to begin today to start incorporating these little habits and routines. I would love to get your questions and hear your journey as you are beginning to dive in to more mindful eating. I also would love it if you have found these this series helpful, please share it with other people. I love tracking macros. I think it is a great tool. It's not for everybody and it's a tool for a season of your life, but you will find much greater joy in your life by learning how to mindfully eat and to seek strength in the gym. So my two, well, probably three favorite things to pair is mindful eating with becoming the strongest version of yourself in the gym. And the confidence that comes with both of those is amazing. And then also walking. Oh my goodness. Walking outside. You guys know I love it. I preach it all the time. There is just a, um, in, in my opinion, there's like a spiritual soul, like upliftingness, for lack of a better word, about just getting into nature, just walking outside, um, allowing yourself to really ponder. Um, I use it as a time to really come to know God more, to to talk with Him, um, and to reflect on gratitude, to listen to uplifting books so that I can surround myself with awesome people and hopefully grow and be inspired by them. So for me, that's actually very sacred time are my walks. I just love them. And I'm really sad. I mean, I'm excited for fall, but I'm also really sad because that means cold weather is coming to Utah soon. So I won't be able to take my walks outside anymore. But I just want to encourage you, there is something beautiful about those three things. Learning to trust yourself around food to where you don't need to track learning to be the strongest version of yourself in the gym. And it, it's not a competition with anybody else, although I might have posted on <laughs> Instagram the other day. I took a picture of the weights that I was using. And I was like, is it just me or does anybody else compete with the person next to him? Which is so funny because I never compete with women, but I'm always competing with the men. And I was doing a 45 degree hip extension and they were using this like little 25 pound kettlebell and I had three 45 pound plates that I was using. And I'm like, I am loving this so much right now. My ego is on fire. I love it. No, but it was just so funny. But the better version of Lindsay would say, (laughs) the non-ego driven version of Lindsay would say, it's not a competition with anybody else except for the maybe the men, but it, it really isn't. I just tease, but it's not, it's not a competition with anybody else except with yourself. 
and who you were yesterday and who you were last week. And it's just exciting to grow into yourself and your strength and your confidence in the gym. I just think those three things are so powerful for women and men, for all of us. Anyways, thank you so much, guys, for joining me on today's episode. Thank you for joining me with this little mini series. Mini series. I would love to get your feedback on how this journey is going and um, what questions you may have on this as well. But you guys have a wonderful week. I will talk to you next time. 